Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Welcome. Just wave to one another if you're near someone. Just show them some love. The love of the Lord that compels us, yes, to be one. Uh, this afternoon we are privileged to be in his presence once again as we continue with our focus of the math being set apart. We'll be talking about the Holy Spirit and being set apart. The Holy Spirit and being set apart. Um, Reverend Betty Mutony Mwanda, for those who may not uh, be familiar with the name and I'm grateful to God for the opportunity to share, and I'm praying that God will minister to each one of us at our points of need. Her reading comes from Exodus chapter 28, verse 1 to 5. The book of Exodus chapter 28, beginning to read at verse 1. This is what the Bible says, call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make. A chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a patterned tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. The word of the Lord. Yes, we thank God for his word. And as we see our topic being set apart by the Holy Spirit, it is God. God the Father Almighty, he is the one who sets us apart. And as we have heard from the reading, he calls us first to be with him. And then he sets us apart as he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And then he equips us to do his will, to do his biddings. So this Holy Spirit or the spirit that we are talking about is the third person of the Holy Trinity, God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You can also refer to him as the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Counsel, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Advocate, the Helper. He is the one who reminds us of all things and teaches us all things. And from what we have seen in the portion that we have read, God calls the people, he sets them apart through the Holy Spirit. He fills them with his spirit and then gives them specific assignments, 
specific purposes, specific service to execute. And this applies to you and me, and let's share a bit more. We'll start by being called by God. Verse 1 clearly states that God instructed Moses to call his brother Aaron and his four sons. And um, when we look at the ancient Jews, the priests were from a particular tribe, the tribe of Levi. That is the tribe that was set apart to serve God as priests and Levites. And we know that they also had this particular lineage, the lineage of Aaron. That's why scripture is talking about setting apart Aaron and his sons. And priests are ordained ministers. They guide the people in the true worship of the Almighty God. They also oversee the service in the church, in the temple, like in the old time, in the tabernacle. Priests are the ordained ministers. They are laid hands on, they are prayed over, and they are set apart for God's purpose. But priests also mediate between God and human beings, mediating in terms of prayer, in terms of intercession, in terms of offerings and sacrifices, in terms of giving blessings on behalf of God to the people. In our church today, the Church of Uganda, the priests are ordained and they are given authority to perform certain rites and to administer sacraments. Priests are given authority to perform certain rites and also to administer sacraments. For instance, the, the priest who baptize, it's a priest who offer Holy Communion, it's a priest who wed people in holy matrimony, it's a priest who pronounce blessings and many other responsibilities. When you look at Aaron, he was the first high priest in scripture, the first high priest in the lineage of the Israelites, and we can relate Aaron to our archbishop the topmost leader in the spiritual aspect. Uh, Archbishop, we could lead to that high priest. And of course, as Aaron was serving with his sons in their order, um, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithama, we can relate that to the time that the ordained ministers, the ordained priests uh, have been ordained or are serving, uh, you know, it goes with seniority from the archbishop, we go to the bishops, we go to the reverend canons, to the reverends, then we go to the lay readers, and that is the hierarchy that we have today. And we also have the Bible speaking about the priesthood of all believers. Praise the Lord. Yes, those of us who are here, you might look at me and say, hey mama, she's the only priest. 
Thank God that in this era, in the new covenant, there is a priesthood of all believers. Aren't you happy about that? That you are a priest in the new covenant because you are a, if you are a believer. But for purposes of the order in the church for service, they are ordained priests. Praise the Lord. And so as we look at this scripture and looking at the spirit and being set apart, Moses, who is asked to call his brother and call the sons of his brother Aaron, himself had had a call, had had an encounter with God. You remember the burning bush experience? Yes, God called out to Moses while he was tending the flock and God called him to go back to Egypt where he had been to be able to deliver his people from slavery. That was an encounter, that was a call for Moses. And so as we see this priesthood has continued from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and when we look at Mark chapter 3, the book of Mark chapter 3 from verses 13 to 19, we see Jesus Christ himself calling the 12 to him. He called the 12 apostles to him. He called them that they would first be with him. They would stay with him, live with him, walk with him, learn from him. And then he appointed them to be apostles. He appointed them that he may send them out to preach the gospel. After they had learned from him, they had had an experience with him. Then they were qualified now to go out and preach. They were qualified to go out and drive out demons. It did not just start that now, okay, I have had the call. Ah, let me run and go wherever I go. They did not just go. We know that they spent three full years with Jesus Christ while he was on earth, and that was mentorship, that was the calling, the setting apart, and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. Remember, even before he ascended, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Before he died, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. But even when he as, uh, before he ascended, after he had risen from the dead, Jesus told the disciples then, the apostles, do not leave Jerusalem until you are empowered with the Holy Spirit. Other translations say, until you are clothed with power from on high, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that the call for the ministers, for the priests, and for all of us as servants of the Most High God, our call requires us to first be with God, requires us to learn from Him, requires us to be filled with His Holy Spirit. That is the power that will empower us to be able to go out and speak. Otherwise, remember Peter, who had denied Jesus Christ, you know, just because of a servant girl, just because of what people are telling him, you know, we know you, your accent betrays you. 
the man whom we knew as strong just froze the man denied Jesus he went in hiding the others also disappeared but guess what when the holy spirit fell upon the believers peter inclusive he was so bold that he stood and spoke and in just one session in one teaching there were about 3000 people that were one to the lord that was not his own power but it was a power of the holy spirit hallelujah the scripture tells us even as we do different things that it's not by our own power it's not by our own might but it's by the spirit of the lord so my brother my sister we need the spirit of the lord for us to be able to do exploits for the lord for us to be able to do the will of god the question is have you been called have you had the call I know we are so scattered we may not be able to ask a neighbor but just ask yourself have you had God's call We have said in the scripture God has called Aaron and his sons He had earlier called Moses he had called other people including Abraham and he called Saul on the road to Damascus I have had a call myself but have you had the call and if you have had what are you doing about this call what is it that you are doing with the call that god has upon your life we should not only be receive the call and feel comfortable and say oh i'm a might man of god eh might man of god Matumana God no that is not it we are called so that we may do the purposes of God not just for us to be proud to be happy about it yes we celebrate because it's really God who has called us not because of our own ability and i want to invite us just even as we continue to reflect on your own life have you had a call from God Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you confessed him as your Lord and your Savior? If you had, please thank him. If you haven't, I pray that it will be a moment of reflection, a moment of prayer. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. He has revealed himself to many. Ask him that he will not pass you by. Yes. Let's just reflect even as we sing that chorus. Pass me not O gentle savior hear my humble cry yes we hear his humble he, he hears our humble cry as we call on him that we'll be able to clearly hear him and we'll be able to respond in affirmative
Jesus, that you will reveal yourself, O oh God. Reveal yourself by your spirit, O oh God. Your spirit who convicts us of sin, of righteousness and judgment. The Lord, we will hear your voice. We will know it is you calling us, O oh God. You called Samuel while he was a young man, O oh King of Glory. He did not easily recognize his voice. Lord, even the priest Eli did not easily recognize. But Lord, it took them a while and they knew it was you calling the young man Samuel. Thank you for the role that Samuel has played in the life, yes, of the Israelites and what we read about him, O oh God. Thank you for calling Saul, O oh God, and you transformed him to be a mighty apostle, God, an author, yes, a preacher of your word, from a murderer to your servant, O oh God, to your minister, O oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus this afternoon, O oh God, you'll call someone, O oh God. You'll make it clear to them, O oh Father. There could be someone right now contemplating to do evil, just like Saul wants doing, O oh God. I pray that you snatch them out in the name of Jesus. Call them forth in the name of Jesus. Someone drowning in drugs, oh God. Someone lost in alcoholism. Someone lost in immorality. We call them forth in the name of Jesus. And we ask Heavenly Father that you set them apart, oh God. Help them to realize your voice. Help them to realize you are calling them. Make them answer and help them to have a personal relationship with you that they will be set apart for the purposes that you have for them because you are a merciful God you do not treat us as our sins deserve we thank you for the grace and mercy in Jesus' name Amen and Amen we appreciate the Lord for that call yes we appreciate you Lord for that call and as we continue, as he sets us apart, God sets us apart by his Holy Spirit, and he does so that he may separate us, he may make us different. The scripture that we read in Exodus chapter 28, verse 1b said, set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. God sets us apart after he has called us so that we may be different, that we may be set apart, that we may be separated so that we can serve him. And as we hear the call of God, as we continue, he expects us and reminds us as a priesthood of all believers that we are a chosen people. We are royal priests. We are a holy nation. We are God's very own possession. He sets us apart so that we can be his chosen people, his royal priests, a holy nation and people, a very 
his own very possession. This is what St. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9a. And so, as we relate to what God called Aaron and his brothers to, calling them to be separate out of their own tribe, even as we remember with Abraham, he called him to come out of his people from the evil cultures that he was used to. God still calls you and me, my brother and sister, to be separate, to be set apart, to be different, that we shall not conform to the standards of this world. As St. Paul also reminds us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we should not conform any longer to the standards of the world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we shall test and prove God's will, God's will which is perfect, pleasing, and good. His good, perfect, and pleasing will, that is what God calls you and me to do. Brother, sister, we may be living among us people that do not know God. We may be living up Mangest people that compromise. Remember what Isaiah said that woe unto me, for I'm a person of unclean lips. I live among us people of unclean lips. Many times our lips speak what is not truth. Many times our minds conceive what is not right. But I pray that as the Lord sets us apart, that we will be the living sacrifices. We will be set apart for his purposes through his spirit. Let's look at what enables us to live a separated life. How to live a set-apart life. God speaks in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a spirit, a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Praise the Lord. God knows that in our own strength we cannot manage. So he has to do a heart surgery, the spiritual surgery, to ensure that he removes the stony, stiff-neckedness from us the sinful nature from us and he fills us with his Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered by a new spirit that conforms to the standards of God, that we can be able to be obedient, we can listen to him, we can do what pleases him. And so even as we know in the scriptures, in the church, the early church, according to Acts chapter 13, Verses 1 to 3, Acts 13, 1 to 3. This is what happened to the commissioning of Barnabas and Saul. The Bible says, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul 
for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. If we heed the instructions of God that when we are to elect leaders or when we to aspire for positions of leadership, we pray and fast and seek God's face and commune with him in his word, we will not have struggles of wrong leaders. Amen. Yes, there are some times when we have leaders in a position of leadership, maybe if their term is two years, you think, oh my God, when will the two years end? But if they are the rightful leaders, those whom the Holy Spirit has said, set so and so apart for this particular assignment, even if it is five years, you'll say, oh, it was just like yesterday. Amen. Yes, why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who sets apart. He's the one who selects. And as we know, Barnabas was previously called Joseph. But the name Barnabas comes because he was an encourager. He was a counselor. He was motivate others. And so they used to famously call him Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Are you an encourager? Are you a motivator? Are you able to speak to someone? Are you able to help someone? Sometimes we look at other people's gifts and talents and abilities and say, hey, mama, can I be like the other? You don't have to be like anyone else. Hello? God has not made you a duplicate of another person. You are just original you, and when he sets you apart, he has a specific purpose and role for you. Barnabas played his role very well. He encouraged the others to the extent that his name changed from Joseph to an encourager. How are you using the skill, the gift that God has given you? We hear of Saul from a murderer to a minister. Yes, he writes most of the epistles in the New Testament. He spoke his life out. Even when he was in prison, he would write to be able to speak to other people. How are we doing the ministry? How are we engaging in this whole thing of being set apart? Sometimes we take things for granted and say, ah, I'm going to school, I want to enroll for a course. And you know, ah, I'll just look for maybe the suitable course, one which is convenient for me. Maybe I'm looking for a school for my children, ah, just maybe the nearest or the one that performs best. Even looking for a spouse and employment, my brothers and sisters, we need the Spirit of God. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because without Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, we can do all things because of the strength that He gives us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, we need a strength that comes from the Lord and the leading. And when He leads us, we will not regret you could have gone, for people who are studying, a long way in your studies. And you reach a time and say, ah, but am I meant to do this course? I have seen people 
drop out. Maybe a course is three years, one has gone even more than halfway, and they say, ah, ah, I can no longer continue. Remember, you have wasted time, and you have wasted money, you have wasted so many other resources. But if you inquired of the Lord from the very start, you will not be struggling. So I encourage each one of us, whatever situation it is, let's learn to pray, let's learn to trust God, and let him lead us so that we can be able to go the right way and not regret. And now, as we see God calling us, God setting us apart by his spirit, we also see a God who fills us with his Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, there are many examples of people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we have seen in this portion that we have read, um, Exodus chapter 28, verse 3, God filled the craftsmen with the Holy Spirit. He filled them with knowledge, with wisdom, so that they could make the sacred garments. But he also filled other craftsmen in Exodus 31, verse 3, to be able to build the tabernacle, that they were gifted in all skills to work with stones, to work with all the different materials, so that they could make the temple as the Lord designed we know of David who was filled with the Spirit of God. And praise the Lord that while there were limited people who were filled by the Spirit then, in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29, Scripture talks of God promising to pour His Spirit upon all flesh. Do you have flesh? Do you believe in God? Then, you are a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you have not been. We are filled with the Holy Spirit because it's now in this dispensation. It is a promise that has been fulfilled. And as we have talked about the day of Pentecost, we are told there were 120 people that were together in an upper room. And all of them, all the 120, were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were able to speak in different languages. They were given abilities to do different assignments. We too are commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not to be drunk with wine. But instead be filled just like we hear at the day of Pentecost that when the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and the rest of the disciples, people are saying they are drunk. So that's the relationship between the wine and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is not a spirit of confusion. Amen. So, as we look at the God who fills with the Holy Spirit, are you sure that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you feel the presence of God in his spirit. Do you feel the power of God? Jesus said, do not go. Don't dare to go witnessing until you are filled with power from on high. Then you'll be my witnesses. Beginning where you are to the rest of the world. I want to challenge us, but also to encourage us. Just in case we have not had or we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Lord. The Bible says, if human beings who are wicked 
can be good. They can give good gifts to their children when they ask, what about God the Father when we ask him for the Holy Spirit? Let's just take that moment and ask God for more of his spirit. Just in case you are not sure, just in case you're feeling dry, we still need a refilling, we need the empowering. Yes, we know when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in our lives, but we still need the empowerment, the refilling. Yes, while Jesus breathed on the, Holy, on the apostles and disciples who received the Holy Spirit, he still asked the Holy Spirit to empower them at the day of Pentecost. And repeatedly we see in the scriptures that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for more of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that he is the spirit of truth, the one who teaches us the truth. He is the spirit of power, the one that empowers us to be your witnesses, O oh God. Just like Peter, Lord, who was feeble, who was in denial, he was strengthened because of the Holy Spirit, and he was able to lead the church the early church. He was able to speak powerfully and many people came to you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you refill us tonight. Refill us right now with your Holy Spirit, O oh God. That we shall no longer act in dryness. That we shall no longer act in our feebleness. That we shall no longer act, O oh Lord God, in our misery lives. Miserable lives. But we shall act in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, the Holy Spirit that struck Saul on that road to Damascus, the Holy Spirit that transformed him from a murderer to a minister. I pray that this Holy Spirit, Lord, will convict right now someone, oh God, someone who has never known you as Lord and Savior of their lives, oh God, for we know he convicts us of sin, of righteousness and judgment. I pray, my Father, that your spirit will bring us closer to you, O oh God. That your spirit will help us to have that communion as he teaches us all things, as he reminds us all things, all the things that you have commanded us to teach, O oh God. We cannot teach without the Holy Spirit. We cannot be effective with the Holy, without the Holy Spirit. We can't be effective in our homes, O oh God, in our marriages, O oh God, in studies, O oh God, for students, Lord, we know that it's the Holy Spirit who teaches, O oh God, and you promise that you teach all our children, and great will be their peace. We pray that the Holy Spirit will empower the students, O oh God. We know that there are senior six candidates, there are some senior four still doing exams, there are those in universities doing exams, and there are other students and pupils who are preparing for end-of-year exams. I pray that you empower them with your Holy Spirit, O oh God. Empower each one of us, O oh God, that for whatever assignment before us, O oh God, it will melt, O oh God, like wax before you. It will melt, Lord God, because of your anointing. Your word tells us that anointing breaks the yoke. Break any yoke in our lives, O oh God. Break any hindrances in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God. Because of the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Empower us and heal us and deliver us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. And now finally, as we look at God calling us, God setting us apart, God filling us with the Holy Spirit, God has assignments for each one of us to do.
God has a purpose, a service for you and me to do. And as we have seen earlier, Aaron and his sons were called to serve God as priests. And because spiritual things are spiritually discerned, we cannot discern, we cannot execute them in our own strength. Like people say, hmm? But it is, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for us to be effective. And so, the power is with us. And as priests served in the temple, as you see us serve here, I pray that each one of us too, we will be purposeful. First of all, there's the general commission for all of us, the great commission. Jesus said, go into the whole world and preach the good news to all creation, to all human beings, that they may know that God loves them, that they may know that they are dead in their sins, but that they can come out because of the cross, because of the work that Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. He said, it is finished. The salvation of the world was finished. The healing and deliverance of the world was finished. Our blessings were finished at that cross. So we need only to come to the Lord as we testify of what he has already done in our lives and as we speak to other people to also embrace the light that comes from the gospel, that they will come out of darkness and live obedient lives in God's marvelous light. Hallelujah. And as we look at the assignment that was given to the craftsmen to make the garments, Scripture specifies the different pieces that were to make the chest piece, the enfold, the robe, a pattern tunic, a turban, and a sash. And that they were to be of different colors. Uh, verse 5 of Exodus 28 talks of the different colors and different threads that were to be used. These are the fine linen cloth, the gold thread, the blue, the purple, and scarlet thread. Now, I chose to dress like this for a purpose, that while I may have just part of the priestly garments, when you look at an archbishop or bishop and the way how they dress, they dress in the full attire. Now, perhaps for me, I might be at the level of Eliezer, Hmm? Eliezer, the son of God, uh, son of Aaron. Aaron himself being the high priest, equivalent to the archbishop, and then we have Nadab, we have Abihu, we have Eliezer, and then we have Ithama. In my about five years in ordained ministry, I could relate him to Eliezer. Now, I have this is a cassock. A cassock is a robe. Sometimes we have one which is called uh, an alp, but it is this long cloth, long robe. And I know that there are brethren, ministers of the, gold, of the Lord God, 
who used to despise these robes. And I want to say, even myself, I was not very comfortable with them. <laughs> yes, confessions of a black sheep, I wasn't very comfortable. But I was liberated when I learned that they are commanded by God himself. And they are not just for anything, not just for setting apart, but they are beautiful, they are glorious, and they are for honorable and glorious ministry. Hallelujah. God is a designer, and he knew that he needs to set his ministers apart through all forms, filling them with the Holy Spirit from inside, but also covering them from outside. So there is the robe, and the robe has... The sash. Yes. <laughs> Some object lesson here. There is this, the sash. We can relate to the belt of truth because we are supposed to guard ourselves with the belt of truth. And then there is the shirt. Inside is a shirt. And in the shirt, which you know, the clerical shirt, I don't have to remove <laughs> the top to be able to see that too is part of the priestly garment. And then we have this. We could relate it to the effort. We call it a surplus. And then we have the stall, the authority. Like we said, the priests are given authority to perform certain rites and sacraments. So this is what God has graciously done for the priests. And I'm glad to God that uh, about, uh, about eight years ago, I had the call, but I delayed. I could be closing into 10 years, but yeah, nevertheless, nevertheless I accepted the call and uh, I was ordained in December 2017. And I want to encourage you, brother, sister, you could be there and you've had the call for ministry. It may be ordained, it may be non-ordained, but are you walking in that call? Have you responded? Don't be like me. When I delayed, I played the Jonah, I missed out on sponsorship. If you hear the voice of God as the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Yes, one word for the wise is enough. So I just want to summarize by reminding us that God calls us God sets us apart. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. And that setting apart is for a purpose. And we all are commanded to be his witnesses. You may not be an evangelist, but you are a witness as long as you have known him as Lord and Savior. And you need to know that with the Holy Spirit, you can't go wrong. So we need to keep in constant fellowship with God, in prayer, in repentance. We need to fast. We need to seek him in his word so that he can continue to refill us with the Holy Spirit. And to remember that every person has an assignment. Just like Paul relates to the body, each person has an assignment, as we saw also in the, the scripture that we read in Exodus. There were priests, there were craftsmen, but we know there are different people, both ordained and unordained. So let's trust God to help us to play our role, not despising one person, 
when Paul talks about the parts of the body, he says actually those that seem to be neglected play a very important role. So each one of us has an important role to play and may God encourage us so that we play these roles responsibly as we respond to the call, as we act like people who are set apart, living holy lives by the encouragement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and doing the role that God has called each one of us. Lord, I thank you once again for your word. Thank you that you're a good God, that you have a purpose for each one of us. You have called some of us to be apostles. You have called others to be prophets. You have called some to be evangelists, teachers, or king of glory. You have called deep people to be musicians. You have called people to be counselors. You've called people to be wardens. You have called people to do different skills of God, including technology. We want to thank you for each one of us and that when all these gifts are used, oh God, they expand your kingdom. I pray that each person, oh God, will use their gifts, their call to do your will, oh God. That, Lord, we shall work together as a team, just like the body is one with different parts, that we shall heed your call. The Lord, we shall live in communion with you. And that, Lord, we shall play our roles. And may we continue to be your ambassadors, effective witnesses, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. And may your Holy Spirit continue to lead us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen and amen.